you know, like if you go on Amazon now and look at the reviews of my shop, it's always some fucking creep is like, well, I thought this would be hard set. I, I was like, <laughs> full penetration. And I, it's what I was like, no, we never said that. We, from the beginning, we said it's a book about porn. It is not porn itself. Like that, that was yeah, me. I'm yeah. sorry for leaving that like an FYI uh, what we do on the show is we talk about comic books and you know all iterations whether it's film television print and also uh, we smoke weed so right. if you want to feel free no pressure we'll, we'll probably be smoking I should have grabbed a beer I don't have any weed uh, I should <laughs> smoke it because uh, THC makes me nervous but I'll do some CBD gummies all goddamn day. So. <laughs> nice. I actually just ate one before we started too. So awesome. <laughs> I, I should have went and grabbed some, but we they just opened a store like right down the street from my house. So. Uh, oh, nice. nice. Are you in a state where it's legal? I guess I'm assuming yes. Obviously. <laughs> yes, I am in a state where it uh, is completely legal. I'm in Illinois and Chicago, so they made it legal uh, 2020, the beginning of 2020. Then the pandemic, and then nobody got to enjoy weed, really. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. nice. Want to get started? Yeah, I guess. Or if you do want to grab a beer, that would be yeah. Tough. Oh yeah, if you want to grab a beer, oh, so, yeah, go, go for it. Yeah, nice. Again, sorry guys, I am feeling a little sick. So if I'm not like super no, energetic, no, no. I do apologize. Oh man, you're crushing no, it, Anthony. Even with COVID, you're doing great. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. Don't put that evil on him. Yeah, don't put that on me right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Don't worry, audience, dear listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony does not have COVID. I'm vaccinated. He's vaxxed and he's waxed. I'm waxed. And he's ready waxed. to go. Waxed, <laughs> ready to go. Yeah, ready to talk to Tim Seeley. <laughs> yeah, ready to talk to Tim Seeley. Big things coming your way. Woo woo. <laughs> feel like that's your patented noise, Cody. Did I like woos? Woo. I like woos. You're a woo girl, Cody. I am a woo girl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Revolution Sun Crusher. Hell Ooh, yeah! Nice. 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 Local beer. Is that an IPA? Yeah. Uh, nice. It's a uh, citrus hopped IPA. Nice. Are you an IPA? Do you like like craft beers, beers in general? What's your go-to? Lately, I really like the, I think they're all local, but uh, Maplewood Son of Juice or um, my my all-time favorite, I did the label for it, was uh, uh, Three Full Eight Zombie Dust. Have you ever had that one? That's a good Nice. Oh. Zombie sounds cool. I think all my summer stuff because that's what I've been drinking lately. So nice, nice. Yeah, I like a nice summer ale. A nice, you know. Are you? Uh, are you from Chicago originally? Um, no, I grew up in Central Wisconsin, but I've been here for twenty years. I moved here when I was twenty-four. So um, oh, snap, nice. Yeah, now nice. I'm, Very cool. Yeah, we're in all different parts. I'm in LA. I'm in the Bronx. I'm in West Virginia. We all met doing comedy in New York. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. We need to move, Cody. Dude, one day, I'm just waiting on my fucking kid to grow up. Jesus Christ. He's taking forever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 Dude, I'm telling you, you just need to give him a backpack full of supplies and food and to send him on the way yeah. and say, be on your way, son. Yeah. Time Make to your forge way. your own path. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know what? I think you just forged a path to the intro. That was, Ooh, that was nice. good. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of comics and chronic uh, today. Of course, it's me, Anthony Iannaccio. We got Jake FH. We got Cody Wallaka Cannon. We haven't uh, done one of these in a while, so this is going to be fun. I mean, for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's be miserable for you, Tim. <laughs> 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 
Uh, today, we're joined by Tim Seeley. If you don't know who that is, then you suck because you have bad taste in comics. You're reading the wrong comics. Tim Seeley has he, he's written. He's drawn. He's a writer slash artist. His newest series, which we really want to talk about with him, is Money Shot from Vault Comics, which he co-wrote with Sarah Beatty and uh, with art by Rebecca Isaacs. He's also writing a or a King Shark comic is coming out soon by Tim Seeley. Oh, um, wow, he's, nice. Yeah, he's done uh, Nightwing. Uh, you might know him best from the New York Times bestselling Hack and Slash. He's done a run on Green Lanterns, Batman Eternal, Suicide Squad, uh, Shatterstar, Bloodshot. He's done so oh, much. Man. That's why I say <laughs> if you haven't heard of Tim Seeley, you're doing something wrong with your comic book reading. That's what I say. Yeah. So welcome, Tim. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Sorry, we had little hiccups earlier, but we figured it out. So now, yeah, we got I, it. My beer, but no chronic, but we'll make it work <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So right away, so Money Shot. Uh, it's a new comic from Vault. Can you tell us a little about the process behind making that? Uh, it's it's we we all read the first volume. We were huge fans of it. Uh, Loved it. Thank you. Very uh, different. Very ballsy. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> it's both kinds of ballsy because a major character in there has giant testicles. Yeah. So. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's so essentially. Uh, I guess the the background on it being that um, I wanted to do a science fiction comedy uh, for a long time. I kind of felt like you know there's not enough comedy comics. Uh, there, there's not enough funny comics. There's never enough funny comics anymore. Uh, yeah. Takes itself very seriously. So. Um, but the idea kind of came from something my wife said. We were watching an episode of Vice News and they were uh, discussing something about um, science funding. And my wife said they should just make porn. And I was like, <laughs> that's perfect. And then I thought about Star Trek and how uh, Captain Kirk was just fucking aliens all the time. <laughs> if they had filmed it. They could uh, turn around and they could have funded all their uh, enterprises mission. So that's basically the origin of Money Shot as a concept. And then, you know, sort of, uh, started working on this idea. Uh, it, originally I was writing and drawing most of it. And then I, I realized pretty early on, like I need someone else's voice on this um, because, you know, I'm familiar with what I think is attractive sexually and what I think is interesting, but I didn't want it to be just that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Sarah who is a internet um, sensation com comedian. Uh, she and I have been friends for like 11 years. We met, uh, via Twitter basically and then um been talking this whole time. I kept asking her to do something with me. Uh and she turned me down every time. I asked her to do a hack slash book. I asked her to do a book out over at Dark Horse that I was working on. She turned me down every time. And then uh I emailed her this one. She said, all right, fine, I'll do this one. <laughs> and uh, nice. we teamed up on it and then we brought in um Rebecca Isaacs who's our side worked on uh with on Hack Slash. I thought it was you know, the perfect person for this because she's uh, really good at drawing like beautiful people, but she can do heart. She can do, you know, yeah. it couldn't be just sexy. It had to be, you know, funny and it had to be charming. And, and so, uh, you know, we put together, we pitched around, everyone turned us down. Uh, everyone uh, and said, you can't do it. <laughs> they told us you can't do a comic about porn because um, Hollywood is very, they don't like the porn industry. They're ashamed of it. And so no one will buy this in a movie, so we can't publish it. That was basically what everybody told us. Oh wow! Uh, which was kind of shocking. And then uh, yeah, so said, puritanical. Yeah, we're very puritanical. And I, I think part of it, it's not puritanical; even it's money. I think Hollywood. Yeah. That side of it is they don't like that they that the porn industry makes so much fucking money. Oh, uh, yeah. And in some ways, now is probably better treats their talent better than than Hollywood does. In some cases, not in all cases, obviously. Yeah. So. There was just that, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but we took it to Vault, and they said, yeah, no, we love it. We'll do it. Uh, and they had no issues. Uh, they thought it would be great. Um, they actually told us to push the sort of like, you know, the the open-minded sexuality of it, which is what Sarah and I have been talking about doing with it. They said push that even further. Uh, oh, nice. So, you know, I, I think it came out exactly how we wanted it to be. I think, um, you know, people are always surprised by it, either that they thought it was going to be dirtier or they thought it was going to be dumber. And, <laughs> um, you know, so it's just kind of a book, I think, that subverts some expectations. I, You know, we're kind of the only ones doing that, what we're doing. So I'm very proud of it. We're on issue 12, comes out next week. So we've been out almost a year, more than a year, and we made it through the pandemic alive. So uh, it's going pretty, pretty good. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. 
just as a, as a brief for the listeners, Money Shot tells the story of a crew of pretty much what astronauts, NASA scientists, scientists. scientists. yeah, of, of different yeah. specialties, yeah, yeah, different <laughs> specialties, and they fund their space exploration by uh, porn. They they film each other having sex with themselves as well as with other alien species, and so yeah, I just wanted to. There you go. Yeah. That was a necessary plot summary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only so, fans in space. Is that a good way to put it? Yeah. <laughs> we were calling it um, like, yeah, like Fantastic Four with only fans or like, uh, you know, that kind of, it's, it's, they're funding, the, you know, in the, it's based on real things that, you know, was, was happening sort of during the Trump administration, which was science funding was way down. Mm. So there, there was this sort of like lack of, you know, just interest in, in, helping these people do their jobs. Um, so it was kind of inspired by, by real people I'd heard also besides the vice interview, you know, people I know who work in this stuff, just being like, it's so impossible. It's becoming more and more like commercial. Like you have to get, you have to make something of value, not some uh, that you can sell easily, not something that is valuable to humanity, which, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. space travel can go either way on that. Space travel will be extremely expensive. And you yeah. see how the only people interested in doing it are billionaires. Are billionaires. Yeah. 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 And, yeah that's, yeah. And the interest, their interest is largely so that they can, they can sell our own shit back to us. They can sell the universe back to us is what they want to do. So, yeah. you know, it's, it remains relevant. And now I have to do something with billionaires in space because they're all fucking going there. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. One of my favorite things about Money Shot so far is just like, it's very fantastical and sci-fi but also like very you can see all of the elements drawn from like real life society today Mm. and it's just like a great fusion of the two yeah i feel like you can't really do science fiction unless it's about now like i almost all science fiction that i think works does come from some extrapolation of our current life you know i mean frankenstein the first science fiction story is about what would happen if some of these ideas that they were working on at, at the time became you know, socially uh, possible. And, and so it's always about that. It's always about the, that idea. So it has to be somewhat political. I mean, people always like that, but too fucking bad. And, and it, it has to be relevant. It has to be, you know, honest. So I think we try to do that uh, with every issue. Yeah, that's I like you said. Well, I mean, you said people find it surprising. Either they think it's going to be dirtier or dumber. And surprisingly, like, I didn't realize how much heart this kind of comic would have, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that's obviously it, that goes to you as the writer, like you you just make these characters and, and Sarah as well to, to make these characters feel so real. Like it's such like Cody was saying, so fantastical, but these characters felt real. It felt like, OK, I could like talk to these people. They're not just like random science space adventure. Like they have yeah. feelings, they have lives that are really complicated. And also a big thing we were pushing for, what we really want to make it was that I, I know a lot of people uh, who either work in the, you know, the official adult industry and i know some people who work in sort of the the side you know the kind of like the only fan sort of world and and what i think in talking to them one of the things that that i heard consistently which i thought was so interesting was that you know professional porn stars are always like really good at keeping the emotion distant and the you know that you they sleep with people but they're performers they are mm. they are this is their job right yeah. uh, and they kind of laugh about people to some degree who like are amateurs because they bring drama into it, right? Like all of a sudden, you know, it's like you slept on a video with your wife and then you, you're swingers and you did a thing with another couple and now you're arguing about it. And there's all this like personal shit that gets wrapped up in sex that if you're not a professional, you may not know how to do that, which our scientists fuck up epically because they think <laughs> this should be easy. But if, you know, every one of us who is not a professional performer in the adult industry knows you sleep with people, there are, emotional connections there are you know histories things all kinds of shit is is dredged up and that's what the story i think is about you know the they are not professional born stars they are scientists yeah, and yeah. They think this was going to be easy and it's not it's it's full of complications it's cool because i feel like you did it's almost your comic helps the or it doesn't help sorry it it what am I trying to say? I think it, it paints the sex industry, like <clears throat> porn industry in a pretty good light, just because up until like a few years ago, there was pretty like, there's a lot of like little respect for the porn industry, especially as sex workers. And yeah. I feel like lately over the last couple of years, sex workers rights has become like a big thing. And then 
Yeah. And also, and like going back to what you said, you wrote it during a time, uh, you know, during Trump administration and whatnot. And also like during the pandemic, because so many teachers weren't working, a lot of them did actually, I remember reading articles, resort yeah. to OnlyFans. Exactly, and many vids and stuff. That, and that's crazy because then we would judge them. We would say, oh, we're not going to fucking pay you. But oh, also you can't do that. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like we are, we're not going to pay you money, but we're going to shit on you if you find a way to make money. <laughs> Yeah, it's such a yeah. you know, again, I'm a big proponent of the sex work is real work and all that kind of things. I think it should be legal to do a lot of these things that aren't currently illegal. But it also makes things better for performers when it's legal because then it's regulated. The porn industry now is so regulated, right? Like in the yeah. way that is good for performers is it's heavily regulated and you know their health is a, a priority, right? Like yeah. So, you know, and people, what you're seeing a lot now, what we kind of talk about in, in, in the book is how much porn industry has changed because of things like amateur science. Yeah. For <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, no, seriously, because of getting tested. Yeah, exactly. Because that's, of like post, yeah. post AIDS pandemic or epidemic, yeah. like testing was a real thing. And it's now like a staple of the porn industry, like mainstream porn. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's actually probably safer to have sex with a porn star than it is with any. <laughs> oh, for yeah. sure. I would guarantee it. But, uh, but yeah, the, you know, the, and the just the idea that these things, uh, have changed for these people and gotten somewhat, somewhat better because they're able to control their businesses. So, you know, a lot of these stars now, uh, they're not beheld to studios. Uh, they can have an OnlyFans. They can have, you know, their own sort of business and they can, it's completely changed to the degree of which, you know, the stars completely drive this now and they're not sort of disposable. They, they become, Real assets, I think, which is also another thing we kind of talked about in, in the story to some degree. Obviously, though, mostly it's about fucking him. <laughs> <laughs> but like, even like the way my mind is thinking about it now, it's it, it's like the story goes deeper than just fucking aliens because like the whole idea that porn could like fund space travel isn't as crazy as it sounds because so much technology just is shaped by like I remember when I was in college in like 2012 and like I was in in like the film I was a film major and like the head of the department he's like talking to me like I'm just like one of his friends or whatever and he's like explaining to me like why blu-ray was beating out hd dvd you know like it's because the porn industry decided to go with blu-ray that's true oh. that's vhs beat out beta because VHS. Of yeah so and actually the original header of uh, money shot was porn leads innovation which is <laughs> is a, a quote i read somewhere i can't remember where but yeah absolutely um because our basis desires are always the things that drive every fucking thing so mm. you know mm -hmm. so, yeah. <laughs> sorry i don't know i got you right down deep <laughs> 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 it's ironic about the hollywood thing only because like i think one of hollywood's best films is boogie nights which is all about yeah porn yeah yeah i mean you know and again that was like a was kind of an independent film at the time and i think yeah you know yeah, yeah it's interesting it, it's I, I think the the division over probably the way they do things has probably grown in in maybe the time since that happened but um but yeah i thought that was a weird reaction from every you know and so many publishers now are sort of driven by well, you know, we don't, we, we want to make sure we sell the IP rights to this IP uh, content creator, blah, 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 a bunch of bullshit. That's yeah. really, they fucking don't understand you have to sell comics. So, yeah, uh, you know, and so our goal was just sell comics and, and, you know, we sold this to fucking Hollywood already. So they were wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. And when it comes down to just this sort of, there's this weird, you know, there, there's a stink on anything involving porn even though it, like you said, it drives these industries and they won't mm -hmm. admit it. And, you know, all these sort of studios would, would never admit that they're basically just, you know, selling people gun porn instead of, actual yeah. Porn. Yeah. you know, That's like, true. like, so murder porn, right. They sell Yeah. A bunch of murder porn. Like I'd much rather they sell us real porn than Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's hypocrisy and I'm sure you're not surprised to find that. So, you know, that vault took a, a chance on us and, and, and had it work. I mean, we we're still one of their highest selling books of all time. So nice. um, yeah, really great. It was the right choice. And it got Sarah and I a gig writing Superman and Lobo. So nice. I didn't know that. That's sick. Yeah. That's our next book together is a uh, DC. We're doing a Superman versus Lobo. And they said, oh. do it like money shots. So, okay. 
<laughs> That's crazy. Oh shit. So was that like is... did you uh, like attempt to like sell money shot to DC or Marvel or pitch it to them at all or Yeah, I pitched it to Vertigo. Uh, oh, Vertigo. Nice. <laughs> because at the time I had to. Uh I was uh, under exclusive at DC, so everything I came up with as far as like what I wanted to pitch around, I had to take to Vertigo first, and create our own stuff. Um yeah. so I did pitch it to them and to their credit, they were really cool about it. Um they actually it actually got kind of farther along than it probably should have. Uh, <laughs> it, but they they really liked it. And then another book kind of got in trouble for a sexually related thing and, and so they said we, we shouldn't do that. Uh, but DC was cool about it. Uh mm-hmm. and the editor on that, Jamie Rich, ended up being the editor on Superman versus Lobo. So it worked out pretty good. Nice. nice. Is nice. is that a series, like a mini series? Yeah, it's a mini series. It'll be a six issue. Well, it'll be a three issue double sized um mm-hmm. format. Ooh. Uh, black label book from DC. Nice. Oh, I nice. love the black label. Black label stuff like, is good. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be that. So nice. Nice. I nice. feel like next time I I read a black label comic, I should drink Johnny Walker black label. <laughs> 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 Just to like get you really, you know, dive in. <laughs> um. So you have uh, I saw you were working on a King Shark one off. Do you want to talk about that at all? Yeah. Sure. Um. So it's. It's actually a series. It's a oh, a, I'm sorry. It's a half. I'm not exactly sure how the release is, but it's basically twelve chapters digitally or six issues. I guess is how they're doing it. Mm. So it comes out. Uh, DC's kind of messed around formats, I guess, because this comes around out right around when the Suicide Squad movie from James Gunn comes out. Oh. Um, so it, it comes out sort of every week uh, instead of uh, monthly. So, uh, nice. but it's uh, yeah, it's called Suicide Squad King Shark. Uh, it's written by me. It's drawn by uh, Scott Collins, uh, who did a bunch of Flash stuff for DC back in the day. Um, and it's uh, it's basically, it's a crazy sad story. I can't believe they let me do it. But basically, um, <laughs> they, they DC had seen the Suicide Squad movie and they're like, holy shit, King Shark is a standout. <laughs> to do a series of, of him. So if, you, if you've seen the previews, uh, King Shark is played by Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Yeah, which is wild. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and so they said, you know, come up with something for this character because we think he's going to hit pretty big. So I pitched them this base. This idea is basically like, uh, is that you find out that King Shark is sort of part of this giant, uh, like there's this animal sort of um, tournament. Atlantis Society, right? It's like it's like a tournament, like a Mortal Kombat. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. And he's sort of a champion of the sea, and his job is to go and his whole life he's been training to be this fighter for this uh this tournament he has to fight like you know moose king and like meerkat master and like <laughs> uh, all these guys and and king roach and all this shit. and so he's supposed to go do this at the behest of his father and uh but Amanda waller doesn't want to let him go because she's one of his her, one of her favorite killers so um she makes the character defacer who is a a, a super villain graffiti artist uh go with him and because he, she can't drag King Shark back, but she can blow up the Facer's head, and, <laughs> um, and he likes her. So she gets stuck in this thing with this big fight, a crazy tournament to get among animal dudes. Uh, <laughs> of course, Waller sends the Suicide Squad after them, and uh, it's a big, crazy like Mortal Combat with furries was my pitch. <laughs> nice. That's incredible. <laughs> nice. You guys saw that Netflix trailer for like that uh, dating show? Yeah. What? What was it? <laughs> that animal instinct, or what is it called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what was it called? Sexy beasts. Sexy, Sexy beasts. beasts. Yeah. yeah. Good lord. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. People sent that to me immediately because they're like, "Hey, either hey, this is King Shark, or hey, this is Money Shot." And I said, "Our dolphin girl would have been way more fuckable because that." Is- <laughs> <laughs> or- uh, but yeah, I kind of want to see Cody stumble onto that show super drunk. Dolphin girl, huh? <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I, I didn't watch it. You sent me the trailer today at work, and I was just like, I didn't. I've honestly forgot about it until now. But I, yeah, I'm gonna check. I'm not it gonna out lie, I kind of want to watch the show. Yeah, and that's the line. Is just make something so fucking horrible that you have to. So watch. stupid, yeah. that it yeah. works. Yeah, I mean, like we all fell for it. I mean, we yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. That's a great concept for King Shark. Yeah, like, 
I like the Mortal Kombat. He'll be eating people, and I, so and DC sent me Suicide Squad, so I got to see it early. And oh, it's, nice! Everybody, they're right. Like everybody, by the end of the summer, everybody's gonna have fucking King Shark T-shirts. So. Oh, I bet. <laughs> it looks it looks fun as fuck. I just saw the newest yeah. trailer yesterday. It looks like a really fun time. Yeah, it's yeah. James Gunny. Oh, oh, I bet nice. it looks super James Gunny. I've been watching his movies since uh, Romeo and Juliet when I was in high school. Which, nice, uh, and then the specialist, which he did, is that's the specials. That's the, the superhero movie he did. Like it's, yeah. it's all that weird shit and awesome weird ideas he had back then with a fucking huge budget. Yeah, uh, exactly. That's cool. Yeah, this is so random. But have you seen the movie Psycho Goreman? Oh yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it's a like a kind of a throwback, kind of a trauma, toxic Avenger kind of yeah. universe kind of thing. Um, really colorful, really fun. Yeah, I thought that was a, a pretty charming movie. What yeah. is this movie called? Psycho. PG Psycho Goreman. Yeah, Psycho Gore. I never heard of it. It's like this alien monster dude like comes to Earth. He's gonna like fuck shit up, but this little girl kind of can control him with like a this orb or whatever the fuck. But it's good. It's just like, it's so weird but hilarious. I like that kind of stuff. You yeah, guys it's... are gonna. I don't know if you guys are gonna like because I like it. I feel like we don't like the same movies. <laughs> It's super easy. It's meant to be kind of like a kind of a fusion of like Steven Spielberg plus, you know, it's like a little girl finds Hordak basically like in her yard. kind of. <laughs> so, yeah, he's because he's like an evil conqueror, but he likes this little kid. It, it's charming. It's my way. of <laughs> <Yeah>. like, uh, <laughs> That's awesome. Are you uh, do you read any comics? Are you currently I did, reading yeah, anything? Absolutely. Um, I, you know, not as much as I used. To. Well, so during the pandemic, having nothing. Um, going on i organized all my comics it took me 14 nice. months and then i had to help i had to hire someone to come in after i was vaccinated to help me because i had so much shit but oh. i finally got that done and then but i but i've been rereading my old stuff a lot of it uh which was great uh because <laughs> i can't remember why i like this why i did this in the first place because sometimes you forget and uh um so just going back through and like i reread like all my wildcats and all my um marvel team up and all my you know Blue Devil and just like goofy <laughs> runs of shit that just like I loved as a kid and I forgot I had and they spent thirty years in a basement you know thirty five yeah. years um, so I've been reading mostly that kind of stuff but I did pick up uh, a bunch of new stuff a couple weeks ago so I'm trying to think what I what, oh I read um Department of Truth by my friend James Tynan that was really good amazing nice I bought it I have yet to read it it's great. It's really, yeah, you said it was great. Yeah, all the things James loves in one comic, which is pretty good to see. Um, let's see. Uh, my friend Mike just came up with a book called Barbaric, which I think everybody's gonna love. Uh, just fun, sort of fantasy kind of shit. Is it, is it Vault also? Also Vault, yeah. Um, nice. Yeah, it seems like Vault. I, I didn't even hear about them until starting to like re research Money Shot and stuff like that. And it seems like they're putting out just like quality shit all the time yeah i th i would say uh they've figured something out which is if you're gonna publish be a comic book publisher you should publish comics and uh they do they publish comics <laughs> they publish good comics and they they're sort of un unafraid and their their standard is just kind of this quality thing which is what drew me to them in the first place uh you know to pitch money shot at them well also because everybody else turned us down but uh but <laughs> I'm doing Vampire the Masquerade comic with them as well. If you, if you know that role-playing game, I've been writing that for them. Um, and I've got another book coming out with them too. I just, they're cool guys. They, you know, they're, it's young dudes. They're, it's two brothers who live in Montana. Uh, fucking oh, wow. comics out of Missoula. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a kind of crazy thing, but, uh, you know, they got they a really good philosophy. They have a, a really good business sense. They know to, the, the you know don't aim at Hollywood aim at the book market which is a really smart thing to do I mean your chances of getting something made in Hollywood are fucking shit but your chances of having a good book that sells in the book market is is if it's good it's pretty it's pretty decent chance so that that's how they approach things which I think is personally my my way I think we should do things you know yeah yeah, yeah it, it works because I you know vault is like I would like when I the way like I I did it's not like I knew about them I would you know I'll if I see a comic I like I'll pick it up like oh that looks interesting and like money shot was one of those finger guns was one of those and those are bald yeah. comics like you it's just like oh who who does this this is different this is cool this is but like I, you know I didn't know that before I 
something about the books there's they have like a gravity to them I, I can't explain it but like you said like it's just a book that like you want to get yeah i think part of it is also like they've really managed to to fill out their slate with people who just wanted to make this fucking comic and, and maybe that's because it's a lot of stuff that maybe got turned down by publishers who are not as bold i guess i mean so you know like money shot did well for them but we couldn't do that book anywhere else. So of course, when we got the chance to do the book, we went fucking all in. <laughs> so I think through a lot of their other stuff there, you know, they're, they're putting out, they're recognizing some audiences that I think a lot of other publishers, even cool publishers uh, missed. Uh, so I think, mm. you know, they're eating some, the lunch of a lot of these publishers, they're selling books and numbers that, you know, a lot of states, you know, publishers have been around for a long time, wish they had. So. Mm. Was was there anything Vault said like you can't do this in Money Shot? Did was it like anything that went too far? Yeah, there was one thing. <laughs> I mean, there's just like not really too far, but like sometimes they'll be like, "Hey, I should think you should rethink this. This is coming across, you know, sort of sexist or oh, you know, so like stuff like that." And and you know, that's fine. I'm I'm always yeah. I'm always willing to hear, and I'm, that's partly why I'm so glad to have Sarah too, though she's more likely to make a sexist trip than I am actually. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, you know, that's what you have somebody for it to give you a different perspective. And, you know, we're always aiming to just make a good story. And, you know, if we, if we don't go the right direction, we want to know. So that, no, I mean, there was actually one scene that the, the artist on the third arc, Caroline, um, she drew this scene and she, she said, she, and she sent it to us and we all went, oh, my God. And then he said, oh, you want me to change it? And they went, no, 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 don't change it. But, oh, my God. Like, it was- <laughs> yeah, it's um, I don't know. It's, a, it's such a great uh, ballsy like attack. Like it, it's also like somehow like it's incredibly sexy as a comic, but not as lewd as you would think. In my, you know what I mean? Well, we always said in this, you know, like if you go on Amazon now and look at the reviews of my shot, it's always some fucking creep is like, well, I thought this would be hard. Set. I I was like, <laughs> full penetration. And I, it's what I was like, no, we never said that. We, from the beginning, we said it's a book about porn. It is not porn itself. Like that, that was yeah, me. I'm yeah. sorry for leaving that comment. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's weird to people that it's that we have never said that. So, you know, whatever people, sort of put on anything about sex instantly has to be like, you know, spread brown eyes and fucking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't that, That's fucking weird to me. How come you can't just, yeah, it's weird. And so that's their fault. That's not mine, but that has been a thing that we deal with sometimes. It's just people not understanding like that. You can do a story about sex and, and not have the act of sex be the focus. I, that's yeah. just, that's a very weird American thing. Uh, to not understand yeah like for me what was initially like jarring because when i was reading it i was like oh sweet like i would get to if i'm one of these characters i get to have sex with all these women and then it's like oh no you guys also have to have sex in the name of science and it's like oh shit yeah (laughs) and and i liked how it was just like it was was cool you made uh very casual very very casual accepted like also like in an era where like Every year, it seems like the LGBTQ community is getting more like recognition and respect and like the like kind of like being sexually open. It's like we're in like I feel like a a current sexual revolution. So it feels very current in that aspect as well. That's true. Well, so this is the thing we kind of deal with in the book to some degree is that no one ever says in the book ever, ever, no one ever says heterosexual or gay or anything because one of our sort of sort of treaties on the story is that in the future their probably labels are going to have to go away i I agree so like we never say it like characters have relationships with the same sex and other sex and aliens but (laughs) by by design there's no like identity really associated with that which actually is a big part of uh people who work in the adult industry as well right like yeah and you're not surprised to hear this almost every uh woman who is you know uh, a sex worker is if they're not bisexual they certainly portray that in their work so you know uh so we just kind of instead of having to deal with identity stuff and have to deal with 
the politics of it, it's just not an issue. It's just, we just say in the future, that's not going to be a particular problem. It's just going to be whatever. That's <laughs> nice. Yeah. I like that a lot. And then when it comes to aliens, you can't even define that because they're aliens. So that makes right. sense. Too. That was the big thing. that, and, and this is why we had to do that because we, we started to say like, okay, well, so in the first story, the sort of bad guy is this amorphous, it's, it's a, a shape-changing, you know, it has no gender. It is, it is, and so we couldn't have this thing where it's like, well, it would be gay for this character and this. It's like, no, that can't be part of this story. That's <laughs> not part of yeah. anything we're doing here. So, you know, yeah. it, it just made more sense to just say like, well, and they, they get it out of the way in the first issue pretty quickly. It's like, okay, we all sleep with each other. No, you know, everybody. Uh, and so it's way more interesting to to me to write about characters being interested in, the, in each other because of their personalities than because of their genders. I just, I personally don't care. The first thing when we match them together is not, oh, you know, uh, we're both women or we're both men or I'm a man and you're a woman. It's, that is not the first anything of their interaction. It's not mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, it's way more interesting how their personalities clash with each other or, you know, work together really well. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's my thinking. I, it's, I don't want to spend every story with, like, people trying to figure out what this means. Like, it doesn't, it just, it, it all means we're human. That's what it means. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's all. Yeah, and I think that, like, you guys even say, like, uh, that message is kind of, like, relayed again in the fourth issue when they're all, like, when they're having that speech about, like, what makes humans humans and all of that. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I Thank you for picking up on that, because that's definitely supposed to be Because <laughs> I, I, I do think, you know, in the face of whatever is going to come in the future, I, I think these stupid things about, like, what you lay naked with will just not be part of the deal. It's just who fucking cared. I don't care. Nobody should care. And it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't have any, and I, I just don't think, you know, in it, I it was a sort of a, in watching Star Trek was like, if they're so advanced beyond that, they don't even have like an account, they don't have capitalism. Like they, they don't have that. They're like, cause they've moved beyond all that. Then they're not going to have like sort of sexualities. Like they're not going to, not going to have identifiable, you know, that's not going to be important to them. If you're that advanced, you do not care. Right. Yeah. yeah. That was kind of a, a thing we, I felt like we had to do. Nice. No, nice. it's, it's great. So in comics, I feel like when someone sees, you know, you see money shotted and you maybe as a comic book fan, your, your mind jumps, Oh, this is going to be super dirty because um, I think like something to highlight that is like in regular comics, right? Like uh, this week, or maybe it wasn't a comic thing. It's more of the Harley Quinn animated series. But yeah, sure, sure. The, the big oh, deal yeah. that Batman would even go down on Catwoman like, oh, no, heroes don't do that. Like, what's your take on that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think the context is wrong uh, in a lot of ways. What, what someone, the important part of this is someone at DC uh, recognized that when you do something like, Batman is a kid's character. He of course, is. yeah. He's a kid's character. That is important to always part of what Batman is. Yes, you can make a fucking Christopher Nolan movie that's super serial. You can do that, and it can be great, and you can make a fucking Frank Miller story, and it can be super serial, and it can be great. But at its heart, Batman sells toys. Batman sells lunchboxes. Batman sells comic books. Batman is a kid's character. So, for instance, when DC did that Black Label book where Batman's dick. Yeah, his dick came out. Yeah, damn. To to me, that's not a big deal. To you, that's not a big deal. So what, dick? Who cares? But <laughs> half of this country or more had a fucking freak out because mm, yeah. uh, to them, showing a dick means it's as dirty as things can be, and this is not for children. And what happened was libraries across the country, school library, got calls from people who had seen on Fox News the Batman showed his dick, and they immediately said. My child took out a book from this library. Does it have a dick in it? Right? <laughs> so oh, so, so the, the irresponsibility of showing Batman's dick is that you didn't com- understand what that means to the rest of the world. Mm. So look, that writer on Harley Quinn, I'm sure I love that cartoon. It's the best cartoon DC has ever made. Uh, but, you know, why, why did you think anything else would happen? And the, 
way that people react to it was like, well, fucking uh, Batman should get heads. Like, he's a kid's character. Stop <laughs> about it. Yeah. <laughs> If you want to see characters give each other head, buy money shot, you asshole. (laughs) (laughs) It's just not a conversation. Look, I don't agree that that there shouldn't be sex in in comics. I don't agree that that it's an issue or, you know, but other people do. And so you're you're never going to be, you're never going to beat a whole segment of the country that's extremely conservative about that stuff at their game. You're just going to lose. That's true. That's a good point. No, great points. By the way, that was the best organic and non-douchey plug I've ever heard anyone do. <laughs> that, that was a smooth plug right there. I liked it. <laughs> this is the weird thing comes like people want their favorite characters to be all things, right? Oh well I love Spider-Man so Spider-Man should fuck. Well look, Spider-Man should be a about a superhero guy who has great power and so he has to have great responsibility. And and then maybe you should find your other shit somewhere else. Like maybe Spider Man doesn't have to kill people or you know fuck people in the face or whatever. Like that's, <laughs> like you should find things in other ways. If you're a kid, you want Spider Man to be a kid story. If you yeah, right. adult, well then go find something else to read. Like there's a lot of comics that it's just the you know I mean and I I feel that way on both sides of all of these things. It's just you know uh, there's a lot of comics and there's a lot for every reader and that's the important part. But don't force these things to grow up with you because that's not. And that's interesting, too, as just from your own work, like where something like, you know, uh, Nightwing is not going to have the same vibe as Hack Slash. No, it shouldn't. I, I just, yeah, that's the weird thing. Like, if you want that vibe, then buy Hack Slash. Right. That would be nice. That would help me. I, w- I would appreciate that. But like this <laughs> demanding that things grow up with you is, is a weird modern uh, sort of addition. And, you know, it's just a side sort of thing. I, I think, you know, Dark Knight Returns and Batman Year One are great pieces of comic book storytelling. But of course, as far as how revolutionary they are, it's like, well, you you made a kid's character adult. Good job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it wasn't hard to do. That's not that's not that's not revolutionary. I mean, the storytelling in those things is really, really impressive. Those are the things about it that's really good. But like, it's not it's not a hard thing to like put dicks and guns and Batman. It's fuck. I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> child murder and shit. it's not hard to do that it's easy yeah. right so it's harder to write kids stories <laughs> do you think do you think because it's so mainstream and it is so tied to you know consumerism and toys whatnot that like and i would say this for both marvel and dc have they have the two big ones like pigeonholed themselves into only being able to tell like a certain type of story like is there a, is there a ceiling for comic book mainstreams like that that well, like, you can't touch upon books. things like sex that much. No, I mean there's not a, not for comic books because comic books are medium, but for superheroes that are also lunchboxes, yeah, and there should be right. Like you, you, you know, because of that very thing, like that these things are the entry point for a medium for a kid, right? So look, there's a ton of other kinds of comic books that are not superheroes, and specifically not big two superheroes, but mm. they're created to sell comics to children. They were. Uh, and that's what they're best at, right? Like yeah. when it comes down to it, the the most appealing thing of Spider-Man is that it's a kid's story. It's yeah. the thing that you read when you're like wishing you could be a teenager. You could go and do things. Like that's what it is. Superman is wish fulfillment for kids that, you know, they wish they could they could do all these things and they were from some other place and that they weren't from the place they are. Like mm-hmm. you change that, you you risk ruining those characters forever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like just make a different nice. thing. Comics is a big medium. It's a big fucking medium. So if there's, you know, if you want a horror story with a guy like Batman, then we can do that. But just leave Batman. I mean, not that you can't have a horror story, Batman, but like a really gory one where Batman rips people's face off. <laughs> Maybe that shouldn't be right. Maybe you shouldn't yeah. make that, right. Like yeah. that's so that that that's just a you know, there's a Arrested Development to some degree where it's like people got they just want all their characters to grow up with them and like. When that happens, I mean, Star Wars, right? I mean, you try to force Star Wars to grow up with you, and then you just don't like it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. That's true. Yeah. Very good point. Well, well, I wanted to ask you about, uh, so for Heroes Reborn, you did a one-shot Marvel double action. I really, really like that. It was just so different. Definitely my favorite one-shot of whatever was going on with Heroes Reborn. I liked it. I, I did like it. But that story is just like, uh, can you talk about it a little? It's just so interesting yeah. to me. Well, because the, the Heroes Reborn storyline was like, um, 
essentially a sort of alternate universe. The, the really sort of high-minded pitch was like, what if Marvel had done DC, right? Because the Squadron Supreme characters were Marvel's riff on the DC characters, right? Hyperion mm-hmm. is is uh, Superman and Power Princess is Wonder Woman and mm-hmm. Batman is Batman, etc. This goes back to the '70s, right? When those characters were created. So, uh, so the idea that that Jason had was, let's show that. Like, what if the Avengers are kicked out and in, in their place are those sort of DC s characters? Uh, so it's kind of an alternate universe story. But what it what it allowed for is like there's the main story where the squadron has replaced the Avengers, but the the side things that could happen is because there's a history, right? Now there this has been this way since the 40s. So they did like these sort of you know world expanding stories. Um and so the the not the Marvel double action was the the sort of uh it set in a fake 70s, right? That uh is as if Marvel was publishing those comics, Nighthawk comics instead of Spider-Man. Uh, so it was like mm. it was done like a seventies um, Jerry Conway, Roy Thomas sort of uh, Amazing Spider-Man comic, but with the character Nighthawk. Uh, and so uh, I, I love that shit. I love doing things like retro, and and you know it had uh, all the things that seventies Marvel comics had, like callbacks to other issues and yeah. ads on the bottom, and uh, you know just like just the stuff that had thought balloons, all that kind of stuff that we don't do anymore. Um, and so I wrote it and it turned out pretty fun. And they, they were looking for an artist. And I was like, Dan Jurgens, you got to get fucking Dan Jurgens. <laughs> yeah. And Marvel went for it, which was great. And because uh, Dan was uh, in between a gig. So, and he loved Defenders when he was a kid. So uh, we got to do this sort of 70s esque superhero book. And it's just self contained, it's just one story. Um, and, you know, it's kind of a love letter, I think, which uh, I think makes it work pretty well. Yeah. I mean, I liked it so much. I like want to see that universe continues specifically because i love what you did how like the nighthawk and the spider-man stories kind of intersect it's like there's captain falcon with uh he's kind of the replacement for gwen stacy as like the green goblin uh you know not sacrifice but uh that classic moment but i i it's just like it worked on so many levels because nighthawk is also like the batman analog like you said so it's it, it was just like whoa how is he how is he doing this it's just like so it felt like you were juggling so many different like amalgams of characters. Yeah, but it was funny because that was so easy for me because when I was a kid, <laughs> um, the comics that we had were, I mean, I grew up in the 80s, but we had reprints of 70s stuff. So like, you know, uh, the, the X-Men I read when I was uh, in the, growing up in 1987, 88 were actually 70s fucking <laughs> X-Men comics and early 80s X-Men comics and same for Spider-Man, Marvel Team-Up and Marvel Tales. Those were all like, so that shit is in my brain. Just mm. I didn't have to do any research. I already knew how to do it. <laughs> so, and it's useless because you, if you do that now, most people don't. Nobody wants to see retro style stuff, or you know, it's of its era. But uh, but I had one moment where I got to use it, so it was fun. Nice. Yeah, highly recommend that. The whole time I was reading Money Shot, I guess because I'm a sick man, I was expecting like a. I've always just thought it'd be a funny parody to see like the Predator give somebody a blowjob. Uh, <laughs> next issue is your issue then. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> we actually do do Predator and Aliens actually next. Oh, nice. nice. Oh, that's awesome. Issue twelve, or well, uh, yeah, twelve. Yeah. So yes. Nice. Good. We're playing right predictions. We, yeah. Fell <laughs> right into the trap. <laughs> um, I saw recent, or I saw when I was like uh, doing research about you and stuff that you're doing the penciling for Jennifer's body. I did, yeah, a long time ago, yeah, yeah. It was a weird gig uh, because I did a comic for it, which you know, um, at the time, Hackslash was kind of being kicked around uh, Hollywood, and at the at the time, and I don't know how far this went, but Megan Fox was like everybody wanted her to be Cassie, and she had read the comic and stuff, and then I got a call like, hey. Uh, they asked for you to do this Jennifer's body thing. I was like, who? I don't know who. I, I hope in my heart. <laughs> I don't think it was. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I drew it. It was such a, it was a weird gig. It was so rushed and it was had to be out for the movie. And uh, I learned a lot of lessons about working on licensed comics years before that. But like, this was a reminder, like it's a hard gig. But um, I could do a cool cover piece that I'm still pretty proud of. Um, the comic itself was kind of harder to do, but. I ended up loving that movie. I thought it was a great movie. I, it sh- Same. It should have been bigger. I think it's one of those that gained an audience afterwards, you know? Yeah, cult following. It's a cult following for sure. So, 
I never uh, saw. I never saw this movie. I don't know what it is. It's Dakota uh, uh, Diablo Cody. Uh, she wrote this like it's a, I guess kind of a lesbian horror movie, kind of with Megan Fox and um, Amanda Seyfried, and it's uh, like a oh, high shit. school, kind of like a Mean Girl kind of thing, but it's it, it's really subversive and funny, like all the Diablo Cody stuff. Um, yeah. So I recommend. It if you haven't seen it. No, yeah, I haven't seen it. It reminds me of a. I grew up. I grew up watching Heather's. It's very Heathers. I, okay. It, it sounded Heather's. I, I like Heather's a lot, but more sincere. Like Heather's is obviously kind of a piss take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite horror movie director? Carpenter, for sure. Carpenter. Yeah. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, the thing is one of the best ever made, in my opinion. But like, oh, yeah. it, it just doesn't stop there. But that's like one of my favorite movies. Uh, and he also did my favorite, just. I don't know it's just I don't know it's not a horror movie but it's just such a great movie it's Big Trouble in Little China which is like a yeah really perfect movie uh but he just made crazy shit and I don't think he I don't know he just did whatever he wanted and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't but it was always interesting so yeah Carpenter. yeah yeah nice yeah I love the thing are you are you a gamer by any chance no I, <laughs> I uh yeah I, I just never have time uh I, you know we played a I mean, we played RPGs when I was a kid. We played D&D and stuff and Shadowrun and shit. And then I never, I've had, I bought a PS2. I played it. Nice. I bought the Spider-Man game and played it once. <laughs> once. Yeah. I was like, this is hard. Fuck it. And I, I <laughs> uh, since it sucks. I use it as a Blu-ray player now. Um, <laughs> not, I hate to say it. I'm just not a video game guy. I just don't, I don't get it. I don't, it seems like by the time you get good at it, what's the point? Then you just, <laughs> over i don't understand <laughs> yeah no, i get it i was gonna oh sorry no because i was gonna bring up this game dead by daylight i don't know yeah. if you've heard of that yeah. yeah they um people there's they always have like a fan suggestion thing and people always tag me in that they think they should put hack slash in there yeah. so uh that'd be I, so cool we talked to them at one point because they had some kind of expansion but i, I didn't i don't must not have gone anywhere because they're they're not in the video game so uh <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I heard it's cool uh, and kind of a fun slasher kind of game that, you know, pretty open, like you can do a lot of stuff in it. So, uh, but I've never played it. I just, yeah, I like arcades. I go to arcades every once in a while play old school video games. Uh, nice. but I just never got into, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a bad nerd that way. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm the same way. It's just time consuming. And I don't, I don't know. I played a lot when I was younger and then I just kind of stopped. Yeah, I think it's like for some people it's stress relief, and for yeah, me, yeah. it's just stressful. Like I just, <laughs> I'm mad and I don't understand, and then you know I don't want to be like full old man mode and be like, oh, you know, I just. But there's a bunch of different buttons. And I just I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I, I get that some of the games today they're like almost too advanced to the point. Yeah. Like this is look at you being a gamer, which you know that that's. I can't if I couldn't get past fucking I mean Spider-Man I couldn't I couldn't get him to move I just like what is this I don't why would I do this I don't understand you know like <laughs> like I could learn a real skill I could like yeah. <laughs> you know, build something yeah like the time Spider-Man fucking learns I learned to make him swing I I could like learn a musical instrument I, I just, <laughs> <laughs> so. yeah that's why uh when it comes to video games, sometimes it's nice to resort just to like basic Super Mario, Donkey yeah. Kong. Yeah, that, that's what I like about old arcade stuff because they're designed for you to be able to pick it up on a quarter immediately. Yeah, right. It's, and that you know, and and the challenge is mostly just like, oh, this is kind of fun and it kind of looks cool. Like that's good enough, right? Yeah. Like, I don't, yeah. I'm not worried about the fucking detail in the background and all the story stuff. Like, oh, I care. <laughs> read a book. I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so going back, uh, looking into like a lot of your comic stuff, you like to go into like uh, comedy just seems to be a big part. And you mentioned uh, that like comedy, it, we need more comedy in comic books, uh, which I totally agree with. But it's kind of surprising because it seems like or at least on like Marvel side, comedy and comic book storytelling it goes like hand in hand. In the movie. Um, in the movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, why do you think it's they? have such a hard time though like getting it back into the comic books because i agree with you it is something we need more of i think the reason is is that comics were originally a medium mostly consumed by children 
And those early comics were funny comics for children. And then in the 80s, there was this big push to be like, you know, be more adult and, and make comics for adults, which I think is necessary. It should, be, it should be a medium that appeals to everyone. But they did it by making their superheroes adult instead of making something else. Um, and, you know, trying to appeal to adults with, you know, fantasy or science fiction or whatever. Um, and so now there's this sort of, if we make something funny, it's kid stuff. It means we're not taking this serious because the people who are adults reading superhero books don't like when you make fun of them. They don't like when they make fun of your, their characters. They, they take it very seriously. And part of it is because they're sort of ashamed that it's, it's kid stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like superheroes from the big two are basically kid stuff and they should be. And it really bothers people if you don't take it seriously. So that's why I think, I mean, you know, because like going back and reading some of my old stuff, like, you know, those old, at the time in the eighties in DC, they were doing like Watchmen, but they also did Blue Devil. Like they were trying to diversify. And now every superhero book is basically the same amount of series. It's the same amount of adult. It's the same amount, you know, it's, it's for the exact same audience. Yeah. yeah. And that's I, funny because oh sorry. No, you know, I just think other companies are doing that better. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool cuz I I don't know, do you read uh, The Goon by any chance? That's like my go-to oh, yeah, comedy. Absolutely. Yeah, Eric Powell. Yeah, he's yeah. a genius. And you know, again, not a guy that's done a lot of Marvel and DC stuff because he's funny. And yeah. you know how to <laughs> really funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just a weird like shame thing, I guess. We're shamed of funny stuff. Which is ironic just because like the comic book medium, at least like for like my introduction to comic books, like as a kid, was honestly like Garfield, yeah. Dilbert, Calvin and Hobbes. That's the other part of it, by the way. You're right. That's it too. Those comics are all, they're all punchline comics, right? Yeah. They're three panel punchline, four panel punchline. So it's like Garfield did this and then, oh boy. And those are really simple comics. They're meant to be read quickly and on the shitter or in the bus or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, a whole segment of the population says, oh, that's comics. And those of us doing super serious comics are like, oh, we can't be like fucking the Lockhorns or fucking, uh, mm-hmm. we, we, we have to avoid Marvin. We can't, we can't dare do something funny like peanuts. And so you never get that stuff. We, we avoid it in a way to identify ourselves, you know, as far as we can. It's kind of a, yeah. it's a bummer. It's just another one of those, like, we change this stuff to make it more you know, palatable to a wider audience, but then we forgot its roots. I agree. And I feel like I grew up feeling that because I read comic books from a very young age and like, it wasn't cool to read them until like what Brian Singer's first X-Men movie or blade maybe until like things like that started to pick up. Yeah, I agree. Well, and even, I mean, like in the eighties, it was cool. Everybody was like, Oh, I'd read dark Knight returns. And then that was the only comic they'd read. Like that was, you know, I would say around Batman movie, maybe 89, like started getting this sort of stuff like, you know, Watchmen comes out in the in 87 and stuff. So like part of that is that era. And then, but I, I think the, the characters that are known to come from comics are such mass appeal now. So That's Marvel true. movies being the main thing it's, and, and they, the Marvel movies can do funny in a way that, I mean, I did a, Ant-Man book and it was funny and everybody hated it. But the Ant-Man movie, people fucking love it. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. That's cool. I didn't know you did an Ant-Man book. Yeah, nobody does. <laughs> Wait, it was Ant-Man and Wasp, right? Yeah, yeah. Nice. And it's funny, but that you know, it's just a hard sell. It's, um, I think you know the YA stuff, the the kids stuff. That's all funny. Dogman, um, Smile by Randy Taylor Meyer, uh, Guts. They're all funny. And those kids, they're going to be the ones buying comics next. And they're going to say, where's my fucking joke? So so it's going to change, I think. It's weird. Like the way I got into comics as a kid was like in like fourth grade or whatever. School had a book fair and like you were allowed to just take one or two books for free. Like that's just the way it worked. And I grabbed a Simpsons comic and the death of Superman. (laughs) I was like, okay, these are the books I'm going to (laughs) read. That was very me when I was a kid. I might like if I did well in school and stuff, we lived down the street and like it was one of my fondest early uh, memories. My dad, if I did really well, 
my dad would take me and let me pick two comics and the ones i chose i remember one week he was like this is insane but i chose an aliens comic and a beavis and butthead comic and i was like six years old (laughs) but i think i don't know why we can't do that like you should have diverse tastes right like i don't always want the same thing i'm made i'm basically a horror guy but i don't just do horror right like i like science fiction i like fantasy i like comedy i just it's weird that we as people you know that we can't do that like we should just grab i think there's this thing we all define ourselves by what we like now and it's like you're part of a tribe and you can't you know you can't dally with the other tribe because then you're not you know it's just that you see everywhere right that comes down to politics and that comes down to everything music uh, music yeah it's it's just the super sort of tribalization and i i'm just not i'm not a good tribe member because i'll be like well, I'm the funny tribe, but fuck it, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go watch this fucking horror movie. So I don't give a shit. I, I'm not. Yeah. I'm just not good at playing sides that way. Have you have you have you written horror before, or would you want to write horror comics? Yeah, I mean, I've written a lot of horror comics. Revival, the horror comic. Yeah, revival. Over the horror comic, I wrote a horror movie. This this like a film that's coming out uh, hopefully this uh, winter. Uh, oh, awesome! Well, I think nice. I'm a guy first. I think I think that's what most people probably consider me. Okay, uh, especially uh, revival probably in Hackslash being the main reason. But, uh, yeah, but, but you know, and horror is a really that's a pretty viable comic genre. Uh, I would say superheroes and horror are probably the two that consistently, you know, work uh, pretty well. So yeah, yeah, I love horror comics. Yes. If you haven't read my revival book, that's the one I think. People, I haven't. That's one people down. actually like that I make. That that's the one. Probably <laughs> <laughs> oh, like that. Nice. Yeah, I'll pick that up. I only recently started getting into some horror comics. I'm more of a either superhero or like noir, like anything by Ed Brubaker or Sean Phillips. Yeah. I'll yeah. Read. Uh, revival sub is it's called a rural noir, so it, it okay, might nice. be. But it's it's more of a it's a well check it out see what you think it's yeah. it's oh, yeah. years old at this point it's forty eight issues so uh, nice so do you have any plans I think you said it before I, I wasn't sure I, is there any like money shot the movie or the series anything like that yeah. possible yes very oh, nice. oh really nice. <laughs> you know and again who knows how to, I I know not to count my chickens before the hatch anymore so you know hopefully but you know we're I think we're doing pretty good. Uh, we got a lot of interest. Um, yeah, we'll make that in summer for sure. Nice. nice, nice. That's sick. Very cool. Um, and what was? Uh, don't you have any other TV things coming out in the near future? Um, yeah, but I can't. I can't talk about them because they're talking about them. Yeah, it's the deal. Nice. Uh, but yeah, it's you know, um, the pandemic made things weird. Uh, so like I, I had set up things and then they weren't announced because everything, you know, we were pretty close to f- starting a revival movie and then nice. pandemic happened and what we needed, you know, kind of dried up and went away. And, um, so it, I, you know, now that things are opening up more, you know, and, but Hollywood has vastly changed. We'll see because it'll, it'll kind of, you know, I mean, the key is just to make, cool comics and if people want to do something with it but now i've written a movie so i know how to do that if i, I had to pull it off again nice. i need help i, I co-wrote it with uh, mike marisi the guy that did barbaric oh um, nice yeah. very cool do you have anything that you do want to promote like specifically yeah just uh, get money shot and gig shark and all that other shit and i'd be happy just you know pre-order <laughs> if you want it um but yeah otherwise you can follow me on twitter or i'm at at Hack and Tim Seeley. I'm on Instagram at Tim Seeley. If you're in Chicago, we are uh, starting an art gallery, pop-up art gallery. Uh, so we're doing a show on July 17th. If you're in Chicago, it's oh, at sick. Irish American Heritage nice. Center. You can follow us at the seventh corner as uh, the name of our gallery. So you can check that out. Nice. nice. And uh, do you have like a, is, is there a passion project or like a strong desire that you'd want to do that, that trumps a money shot? Like, is there something you have that you've had in your inside you for like years? Uh, no, I, I kind of got to do it. I, I was a huge He-Man fan as a kid, and I got to work on He-Man a bunch of times. Uh, so, I got, and I got to work on most of the things like that I loved as a kid. So, 
now I just have to make shit up because I, I did the <laughs> I just make shit up or you just like with fun stuff like when they asked me about King Shark like that's the perfect comic for me that's every oh, once in a while someone asks you and you're like that that's it you just gave me the greatest thing. <laughs> I, I didn't know I needed that but I'm I'm the right guy for that uh, so you know I'll, I'll just keep making shit up I guess or grab on the stuff that's weird and I'll, I'll figure out a way to make it fun for myself I guess Nice. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely excited to uh, read King Shark. Uh, Want to thank you again for coming on. Really yeah, thank you so it. much. Yeah, this has been a great time. Yeah, sorry, it was a little bit messed up there in the beginning, but we figured it out. So, uh, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, thank you, Tim Seeley, for coming on the show. No problem. Uh, I'll take care of my kids. So, I leave you guys. Much appreciated. You guys have a good night. Yeah, thank man. You, you too. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tim. Hi, you're listening to Comics and Chronic, and I'm Jacob H. I'm Cody Cannon. And I'm Anthony Iannaccio. And you can tune in every Thursday to hear new episodes of Comics and Chronic. And make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at Comics and Chronic. That's Comics, the letter N, Chronic. We'll see you guys next week. Woo! Peace.